Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves Sturlo. You know what they say about playing the game? You can't hear it today. I said now. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, calling you again from a Tuesday evening. As always, we're talking to Jack from Melbourne. How's it going, mate? Pretty good, thanks. Good to... Wow. It's not you know, that good, to be honest. Um, I'm not really into my league at the moment. Um, you've been hit hard over the weekend? I've been hit very... I'm actually... After the World Cup, I was actually in quite good spirits. Um, mm. I thought it was probably... I just sort of thought it was something... I guess what I thought... Tonga had come up, so it had changed the landscape of the National Rugby League. And that's something, you know, we'd always wanted for a while. And I thought that it might have been the wake-up call we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you went down in the doldrums. Over summer, you were anti-league. Mm-hmm. But since Sunday morning, it's been the opposite round. I've just sort of lost faith in our game, and you've sort of still been a bit cock-a-hoop about the future. I don't get it. <laughs> We've done a bit of a role reversal, mate. And you're right. At the end of last season, I I got fatigued mentally and I couldn't look at another game of league after that World Cup what it did to me losing a quarter final to Fiji 4-2 was the last straw it hurt me more losing to Tonga just given that whole uh, pulling out of the Tongan guys and playing for Tonga and seeing what they achieved and knowing that it was because of David Kidwell and I've been at record many times saying how much I um, how bad David Kidwell was but on the weekend I saw a fresh faced very inexperienced Kiwi team. I knew that what I was going in for. I said we'd lose by double digits. I think I said 14 last week. And I was actually quite impressed with a lot of the young up-and-coming talent, knowing that we've got six or seven guys to come back. And, and they're largely positive. I mean, I got to see Isan Masters at international level. I got to see DWZ at fullback. I've never been a fan of his, but he's really playing himself into being a Kiwis regular. And, you know, there's a few other guys that put their hand up, as always, Asafa Solomonum. Don't um, thumb your nose at JWH putting his hand up as well. Take it on Sunday. No, it was yeah. a great spectacle. England dominated um, the latter half of the game, and they showed that they give a massive shit about International Rugby League. And I thought, overall, the Denver Test, we lost. I thought we were going to lose, but I took a lot of positives out of it. What about you? You're not, you're not quite as positive as me. No, I think we should be... That wasn't a great team. I just... We played... I just think we could have won that. We sort of... I mean, Isaac Luke kicking dead twice on the four. I mean, that is just... And you psycho once. It was Isaac that did the second one, was it? Uh, there was three. Bully did two did and Isaac once. I mean, that's just... Like, that is not good enough. It's not good enough. Um, I'm putting myself on a Kiwi... Uh, I'm going on a six-month... Um, uh, paraphernalia uh, embargo. I'm not buying any of their stuff. Of mm-hmm. not, I, I might even not even go to the Auckland test against Australia. I, I've got to vote with my feet now. If they keep putting in performances like that, sorry, but they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to start getting my faith back by showing some toughness. And then, you know, I've lost a lot of faith for, out of Roger Tuivasa, Chick Short, Johnson, Terry, who Harris, as you know, are heroes to me, but. Mm-hmm. What they showed to me on Saturday, on the weekend is that Origin is actually the pinnacle and all our Australian mates have been right all this time. The Kiwi juicy means nothing and they've they've basically spat on it. And I think, we're, we're wrong. Origin is the pinnacle and I, we've got to admit that. I think, I don't necessarily think you're right regarding 
the Kiwi jersey isn't um, as valuable to these guys. But I think that they place emphasis that this Denver test in particular, I don't think that they necessarily bought in to the test, not necessarily the jersey, but what? I, and, and I think that's the view that they took. And I'm pretty sure that the clubs would have been supportive of that. I look at this Denver test as year one, they got 20,000 people there, which is actually half of what they got um, to the World Cup final, which had a home yep. nation playing in it. They only got 40,000 um, in uh, the World Cup final for England and Australia. And yep. It was a home game for Australia. This is at a neutral venue. If it was played at any other neutral venue in the world, we wouldn't get 20,000, probably. Even if it was played in England, the England-New Zealand test in England, yep. you'd be getting around 20,000 at the likes of the Stoop, um, etc., or you know some of the other uh, yep. venues, yep. apart from yep. the big ones in Wembley. Smiths. Yeah, so A, you're getting it to a new audience. You've got a World Cup there in 2025. It's the first year oh. of hopefully that they continue to mate, I'm, build. I'm a huge it's fan of the test brilliant. match. No, what, yeah, what I'm saying is I think year our two. Players, mate, you compare our players to what James Graham's because they mm. interviewed Jason Moore of Moore Sports Nation who who um who organised and he was basically happy with how it went. He was like, okay, that's brilliant. The first year, got a two more years to take it to Denver, mm. and then obviously the negative Sydney media start coming in, always crisis based, mm-hmm. and were saying, oh, um, the clubs won't let this happen again. And they interviewed James Graham. He said, I don't care what the clubs say, they're not going to stop me getting on a plane. Like, why can't the Kiwis have that attitude? Well, I think next year, I think they all would have seen, hey, this is actually pretty brilliant. And I think that they will actually, I think next year there'll be a huge desire to get over there and play it. I think you listen to guys like Vossi and, you know, um, your Steve Maskwards and that, they couldn't be happier about that test. And it was bloody brilliant to see Lee going to a different um, different country and someone that you could genuinely see this growing year on year on year. It's an easier game to get over there, League. It's simple. Played in the daytime. The conditions like, did you notice with that game, and we don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about the game, but I noticed it was at, it was at altitude and it was such a like, such a fast track. They were running 70 to 75 metres every set. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I, I understand they would be quite difficult conditions, but, oh, gee, it was just good running league. I mean, daytime league is just something else. I mean, mm. how different would Origin be if they played during the daytime? Like, well, how, how would it change? Segwaying to that, Origin on a Sunday, it's a no-brainer, and I was having this discussion at the pub on Sunday, um, which is a big reason why we did do the podcast last night, because I was still feeling it after a few Roger School of Shicks. But why isn't the Sunday game... And people say, why isn't it on in the daytime? They say, oh, TV ratings. But yep. surely you get more people watching it at 4.30 than you would at 7.38. And they're like going, oh, prime time. But again, if you're getting more people watching it at 4.30, then isn't that better than having less people at a pro- more of a prime time? I don't understand it. Someone needs to explain uh, it to me. I think more people... I don't know. Like, There's a lot of kids... Um watching at 4pm, right, where a lot of them might be going to bed. And the kids will drag their parents into it, who probably might not watch it, and you don't underestimate... But if you're an advertiser, you know, you're not really aiming at kids. Oh, I guess you could have, like, Mattel toys ads during the... if it draws the the same, if it draws a bigger audience, you're going to draw more advertising. Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying, but I I, I think they know that the 4pm slot is generally... um, That's the the territory of E.T.'s fishing shows and shit. Um... I don't know. If, oh, actually, it does the 4 p.m. Sunday game. If, so you I, put, yeah. if you put Origin on at prime time, sorry, at, at, 
earlier time, you're going to get more people listening to it. Oh. And then also New Zealand, when Origin's on at 8 o'clock over here, New yeah, Zealand's at good. 10 o'clock, you're going to lose, I mean, who contribute to the broadcast rights. I guess it's not a huge part, but huge amount of people watch Origin New Zealand. And if it was like 6 p.m. versus bloody um, 8 p.m., there's a massive difference there. But, but like, so the game, I've only known Origin as a nighttime game, so it's always a little bit slippery. Mm. Imagine if it was like at a Sydney Football Stadium at 4 p.m. as the sun sort of came over right, and past the shadow. But, but would it be better? I don't know, because Origin... I mean, you used to say that Origin wasn't that open, but Origin seems to be a lot more open now, don't you think? Because of the high level of play, Skill. fatigue is so Premier. much that you get breaks. But there's quite a few line breaks, I thought, and you know, quite expansive Origin in the last sort of, you know, couple of games. I mean, some of those... I have to... Like, this is why I'm calling it the pinnacle now. Some of those backline plays last night or Saturday night were phenomenal. Kalen Ponga was just, like, sending these back passes, like skip back passes that you didn't even, people didn't even pick up. They just sort of thought it was normal. But he actually did a flick pass, mm. a skip flick pass. Like, oh, yeah. con- and no one even like even talked about it. It was a phenomenal skill. I'm going to touch on Ponga in a little bit in more detail. But I thought he came on and played in the middle and was just tackling. Just non-stop tackling as a running what forward. Like they interviewed, interviewed Walters for the game, and they said, "Look, we're playing it by ear." I think they brought him in about the twenty-fifth minute and left him in the middle of the field. Mm. Like nobody, he was basically playing a lock. I know it was it was unbelievable. The, and how he made that break—that was he just about won it for them. He couldn't get round to Disco. Queensland were desperately close to winning that game, and you still look at their team, and I mean. Geez, they rise, don't they, Queensland, I for origin? Queensland was a better team, actually. They, yeah, I mean, they looked so good early on. Valentine Holmes, why isn't he rated? Like, I don't feel like he's rated high Even enough. We rate him. Pardon? I think we rate him. Well, he's phenomenal. I don't feel like the rugby league public give him um, dues. There's only one winger, I think, is better than him at full tit strength, and I'd still pick Josh Mansell ahead of him. But, really? Yeah. Well, I just think Holmes, when he puts the green and gold on, he's phenomenal. And in Queensland, what he's doing in a rep jersey, he is just, and I just don't feel like he has enough, um, enough not, not enough press for being fucking But he wants to play fullback, right? Is that yeah. the deal? But, they, but he is a... Who doesn't he's got play this. fullback? Name a winger or a centre these days that doesn't because say I love fullback. Is that right? Uh, I think that's sort of the whole Dugan point, but um, that fullback money versus... Um, winger, uh, centre money, but um, who who impressed you in the Blues? Uh, who impressed me in the Blues? Uh, Maloney. Um, again, geez, when he retires, it's going to be an interesting discussion about where he sits as mm. a. Is he a Hall of Fame? I don't know. I, uh, and then I guess you've got to talk about Clemmer. Like he is just, he's phenomenal. He is. Aaron Woods was like they always talk about Clemmer, but Clemmer is a way better footballer. Klima plays well in State of Origin Australia. He's pretty average club player. Yeah, I guess. I and Aaron guess, Woods um, is a terrific club player. Um, is he? Yeah, I think week he's, in, pretty, week out, green he's pretty consistent. I think he's good in the green and gold. And then obviously, Latrell Mitchell was the difference in terms of that try score and running over Will Chambers. But he did make the, the odd mistake, which he's got in him. Um, I think the thing that, and he's... One of my favourite players, if not my favourite Australian player, but Will Chambers from ball getting kicked yep. off Origin 1, he made it his personal mission just to get up in Luttrell's face. 
Yeah, and I, I think know. he was so sidetracked by doing that that it completely put him off his game. And when Trell was starting to beat him and he got a couple of tries, both games, I think he got tries over Chambers. I think this is going to set Chambers back a long way. He is mentally fucked after this. He went out there and tried to get Trell off his game. It was in his face, did all he, kinds of dirty shit. And until the last 10 minutes... Game. Well, not off his game, but he did a job on him, I think. I mean, Will I Chambers... terrible. His, his, that, they were two bad Will Chambers games. I thought he played well in Sydney the other night. I just, I think he's still, he's still my Australian centre. So you, you, you'd pick Chambers and who? Dugan. Dugan. I'd still have Dugan, and then I'd have Gi at the back. That's assuming no, Slater's you got retired. Du- you got, you got Chambers and Inglis. No, I'm assuming no, because if Slater retires, Gi goes to the back. Or do you think they pick Tedesco right now? Well, that's no, nah, no. Nah. I don't. Th- I think he gets found out at national level. I don't think that Gi is. Capable of playing fullback anymore? He does each week. Not at the not at the highest level. Okay, but I just oh, how good's English though? He's is an he? old. Is he an old man? Nah, but he's just on his day. His body's wow. quite right, though, hasn't he? He's yeah. When he gets that body right, just he. Oh, I mean, you got to give James Roberts his dues that he was uh, able to. He, he was, was one he, of the, Green, Green uh, still looked good, but he yeah. didn't he, let him carve him up. He made a couple of good tackles. He missed a couple as well, which is. Um, you're always going to do that on English. Gee, the guy a lot of people are going to miss tackles against Green English. Yeah. It's, he's not the best player that's missed a tackle against Green English. Don't, exactly. You didn't hear that here first. The, the guy that impressed me, and I have to say, leading the way at the moment for the sexiest man in rugby league, JDB, Jack DeBellin. The way he just chops people down. I read an article, I think I mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago, how James Tahuna, the former MMA fighter, yep has been working specifically with um, Jack DeBellin about just not tackling people, but chopping them down and like physically hurting them. So he goes into a tackle and he sort of works. You know when an MMA fighter sort of gets quite low and is almost like trying to get them to the ground and you just genuinely think he's trying to hurt them? If you look at DeBellin, the way he times his tackles, he waits, he's prowling and just waits and he doesn't, he almost waits for someone else to get contact, and he hits them so fucking hard from an angle in the legs that you genuinely yep. think that he is out there trying to really destroy people's careers. He is a bloody good player. And so is Frizzell on attack. Oh, yeah. Frizzell. I mean, these young Blues back rowers, uh, they'll be looking their chops for the next sort of four to five years. But Queensland, again, were very, very close to winning um, game two. It could have easily, like Queensland could have easily won the series already themselves. No, no, they could have been one all. Um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Billy Slater. I mean, Billy Slater, we, I wouldn't hate say him. we don't. I hate him. Well, look, look, we don't, but we also don't think he's the best fullback of all time. But no. then, fuck, the fuck way he, he played. good. Wow. Fuck just he from the, good. he just does everything at pace. The Every ball. Is like, just, that... And that's just the difference, right? Because this is why it's the pinnacle, because every pass was in the right area, and you noticed a pass that wasn't. Like, if a pass wasn't good, you'd be like, oh, that's a shit pass. But the New Zealand vs. England game, fuck, man, our passing wasn't to the bread basket. It was just... Yeah, well, we, you, oh. come on. You, we're missing, what, were we missing seven or eight players? Let's not go overboard. Well, why are we there? Because they wouldn't go there. No, some of them were generally injured. Yeah, I guess. From a lot frustrated. Foreign. Who's that for the season? What has happened? Is it the biggest fall from grace... I mean, 
I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, fuck, Foran's out for the season. And they were like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, like, if he never recovers from this, ever. Like, he's just had that much. He went to the Eels, and that first yep. half of that season when the Eels were going good and him and Corey Norman, oh, he no. was absolutely brilliant. I think he might have been captaining the Eels. And then from yep. that halfway through the season, two years ago, the Eddie whole Hayson. Eddie Hayson thing, coming over to the Warriors, the mental health issues, the will he or won't he play, he was hurt all the time last year for the Warriors. Looked good a couple of games, but you could see him carrying yeah. injuries. This year, big contract the Dogs. Has been playing hurt again, playing in a shit team. He's out for the season now. Would you be surprised if Kieran Foran plays more than 50 games in the rest of his career? Oh, mate, I think you'd be even... Oh, yeah, 30 would be even money, I honestly believe. I mean... He's, he he, he, he seems race. genuinely... Beyond, body is beyond repair. Yeah. It's a, but it just shows you what a divorce can do, right? Like that is, he had two kids with what was her name? You know her name. Um, she's a nice girl, and he obviously um, did the wrong thing by getting mixed up with Eddie Hayson, and that's just really it ripped his heart out. Uh, with a, you know, he had two kids with her, and a lovely lady, like a, a beautiful sort of um, northwest Sydney girl. And that's from the heart being ripped out. Also, his sinews out of his um, calves and his um, biceps have been ripped out. It's a really sad story. He's falling to pieces. And I, I, I do hope I see next year him playing good footy, but fuck, it's hard to see that happening. Um, and What's your name? She you said something to the media like, I'll oh, just leave us alone. We need time. Don't know. But I mean, I, that's another good question, though, isn't it? He got caught. Eddie Hayson obviously had videos of him at Stilettos. Did he? Um, t- this whole thing. Eddie Hayson had him wrapped around his little finger so he could match fix some of the league games. That's, and he, that's he, a yard. Hang on. That's a yard. Re hurry. Re hurry. Eddie Hayson hooked him up with as many, um, uh, what do you call them, brass, brasses as you wanted. And then he filmed them. And then basically said, I will show your... I can't remember her name, but she's a beautiful woman. I'll show this to your wife unless you... Um, this is rubbish. Uh, and then he's like, no, nah, I'm not. So she showed the wife and the wife was like, yeah, how else it fall apart? Oh, mate, you are just speculating and that, I don't want to... story behind it. All right, it's, it's he's your... up and said, I'm match fixing it's your and then he has videos to his wife. What... Did you think of the Pacific Test, starting with PNG, your favourite um, team? Had you, they well, looked really I good against Fiji. I bucks on the $4.20 I got them in, because PNG on paper aren't actually names, because people just don't know them. But, I mean, they're more of a team because a lot of that unit's from the uh, PNG Hunters. And they just got in the grind. They played... Went forward, uh, used the ball on the front foot. Uh, unfortunately, Justin Olam got injured. I wouldn't mind knowing how he's going. But, geez, they played really well. They dominated Fiji. And, um, geez, Matt Adamson, new Fijian coach, has to start having a think about whether Jared Hayne at halfback was the right option. Well, who was the, um, who was the halfback that played in the World Cup for them? Uh, not... Ned and Booley. Oh, I can't remember his name. He's actually quite decent. Um, oh, Rowley. Matt Emerson, Matt Emerson, so Mick Potter pulled out, did he, before this test series? It was something to do with the pay dispute. And then apparently they tried to get Sivan Asiba to coach and he wanted nothing to do with them. So Edison got thrown at the last minute and I'm not sure how equipped he is to coach an international actually, team. 
he's moving over to Fiji. So he's his <coughs> role. I think he's paid 150k a year or something. He's based in Fiji, and Monday to Friday he's actually developing Fijian talent, which I think is quite a good That's idea. I mean, he's fantastic. still going to be able to watch um, the boy. I mean, the problem with Fiji is they need to start developing. They need the Sims boys, but when they're unavailable, like their forward pack is raw bone, but just doesn't have that NRL experience. And they well, it's it's a bit of a shame they didn't they have kick out. Kikau was injured. Kane Evans played. Yeah. He's got a bit of an NRL experience. The Sims boys, yep, they all would have been valuable. Um, wouldn't Tarek Sims play? Was he a 19th man for Origin, was he? He played Origin. Tarek Sims? He's on Did the he bench. Huh. Sure. No, he He was definitely in the sheds. Well, I think he might have been doing the 19th man duties. We'll have to look that up. Um, all right. The doggies have offloaded Aaron. Shouldn't no, hang on before we get to Sharon Woods. Tonga Samoa um, seen some of their footage from the crowd, and I was adding to man, yeah. Agreeing, great scenes in Campbelltown. People love watching Samoa Tonga. Phenomenal atmosphere. Um, I thought Samoa looked relatively threatening early, but Tonga just too much. And shit, when they have a full strength team, guys like Lola here, Hopawati, who. Don't really do much at club level. Just look sensational. They just grow another league for the Tongan um, national team, don't they? Well, I think I mentioned to you, I thought that first half showing, I think they got up to about 24-6 up or 28-6 mm. up. That was basically a signal to the rest of the world, like, we aren't a Tier 2 nation. No, like, we're not Tier 2 anymore. And so the question now is hurry up and get that game against Aussie and Doha why Doha? How many Tongans are going to travel there anyway? But just get Aussie Tonga at, not Nuka Lofa, maybe this new Western Sydney Stadium will be good, or just at fucking do it at Eden Park. Gee whiz, what an atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, and you'd, if you're the Kiwis, you'd have to say that they've wasted the opportunity of having a real, you know, annual rivalry with Tonga. I mean, it's great that we're playing England, but they also yeah. should have um, jacked up a game with Tonga well, as well. Well, it comes back to... The- Let's be honest, if we can get a three rep round, if we can get Origin to standalone Sundays at 4.30, mm-hmm. then, you know, we can have a game of England and Denver or New Orleans or wherever we're going to take it, but then the other weeks we can play Tonga and Samoa either yeah. side or England come down. It's just a bit far for England, but we can get it. Even P&G, give them a game against New Zealand. Fuck, they'd give us a go at the moment. I'd love to go and play over in uh, Port Moresby. Brilliant stories over there. Um so, rep weekend, only one to go with Origin. You'd have to say clean sweep on the cards, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Queensland get one at home. Well, Sharon, you played from halfback. Sharon has gone to the Sharks. The dogs have offloaded Reynolds last year. They didn't re-sign Reynolds. Obviously, the writing was on the wall, probably. They've offloaded Mbai. They've offloaded Sharon Woods. They're offloading a whole heap of other players, which is fine. They're getting their salary cap sorted. They don't have anyone to replace them with. They're going to be the worst team in the comp for the next two, maybe three years. There's nothing coming for the Dogs fans. It's looking as bleak as I've ever seen an NRL club, I think, since roughly the Stephen Kearney slash Ricky Stewart um, Eels. Eels. Um, That area of talent that they had across those three seasons was fucking disgraceful. This talent from a Dogs side, as we said last week is a New South Wales Cup side and we're not over exaggerating. No, I mean it's re- this weekend's uh roster does look very decidedly average. No more the dogs of war anymore. Um 
it's just uh, is it sad no because dogs i hate but you know this is what to go through i just don't understand hang on so they've got rid of uh who did they get rid of at prop last year cassiano and it, they've brought cassiano and, and they bring and james yeah so they got rid of graham <laughs> they bring wood woods in mm-hmm. and then they end up losing two like doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, it does when they a they can't count, and b Raylene, Liz, uh, sorry, Des and um, Ray Dib uh, basically put everyone on back end contracts. I heard someone say the other day that Greg Eastwood's on seven hundred fifty k next year. Well, use him then, because he's not going to let you down, mate. Those are the kind Next of deals year. that they were doing, like four-year back-ended deals. So, I mean, Dez was in win-now mode and don't give a fuck about four-year mode, which is where they've got themselves into now. And they're doing the right thing. they just got to clear everyone out. And But, I mean, well, are they doing the right thing? Wouldn't you just rather keep Aaron Woods? Nah, you'd be a bit off without it, to be honest. Like, just, look, there will be some silver comes out of this. A young guy like a... Fa'amanu Brown or something will stamp his uh, stamp himself on the NRL. I honestly think that'll happen, but it's still not going to be enough to even get them the odd win. You know, it's going to be a sad state of affairs. Mate, that wouldn't be next year. I'm prepared to watch the train crash. And, and Dean uh, Pay can't coach it. either. I'm convinced. Well, how do you know? I can see it in his eyes. Like I saw it, just like yeah, I saw okay, it in Andrew McFadden's eyes. I saw it in Bluey McLennan's eyes. I, I pay specific that back. Bluey got dogged. I pay specific attention in a press conference, and if I see someone's face in a press conference, they need to convince me that they've got control of the team. Dean Pay looks like a frightened rabbit. Well, you would be with the state of his team, but, but I mean, yeah. Look, can Mooks coach? What about Kidwell? What did he look like at press conferences? He said that why didn't you play Jason Talmalolo at the end of the game? And he said, "I quote, I forgot." Yeah, he doesn't feel confident. You do you you forget to use your best player to bring him back on in the second half. Yeah, kid was as as bad as I've ever seen. Um, I, I wanted to talk about Ponga again and pick up specifically with the Cowboys, right? So last year the Cowboys made a decision to let Caelan Ponga sign, not a massive contract with the the Knights. Not massive, and, no. So as much as <laughs> clearly. He was just—he was pretty hyped up last year. The Cowboys knew how good he was. Okay, it's not as though he's coming out there doing things that he hadn't been hyped up to do. He's doing what people thought he was going to do. He th- everyone thought he was going to be a superstar. Um, he, he was a childhood prodigy. He, he was as pro- big a prodigy. You know, you're comparing him to your Benjis, your um, Sonny Bills. I'm talking that. He level. wasn't really a childhood prodigy. He's really? a, yeah, maybe a childhood yes. yes, he was at Kibra Park, and then came and played. Thinking like you're talking the highest level, right? And why the fuck did they do a deal and re-sign a guy like Matt Scott, right? An old prop. And sure, he's got moles under his belt and that, but incredibly injury-prone. And even other players that they've got in their books, such as Lachlan Coote and, you know, Kane Leonard and Antonio Winnerstein, just like these solid first grades. Why the fuck didn't they pour all their resources to Kevin Kalaponga? Are we going to look back on this and say it's the dumbest decision in the history of rugby league in terms of letting a player go they didn't even fight for him don't know maybe yes mate but it'll be up with the Bulldogs Thurston thing you know they went with um, Sherwin I've heard that that they told him to get the fuck out of the club after the um, Coffs Harbour situation 
Yeah, well, I think that probably pushed them that way, but they definitely... They definitely did prefer other people to him. Yeah. Um, sure, which was, yeah, you know... Yeah, I, I think it's of that magnitude. I think you're looking at, you know, Bulldogs fans are But, going, I mean, Fuck. was it Tamalolo or Ponga? I think you can't no, say no. at the moment Tamalolo's been the wrong call. No, but you don't have to have one player. Like, you look across the park for the Cowboys, right? You've got superstar in Michael Morgan, you've got a superstar in Jason Tamalolo. They paid a lot for Jordan McLean as well. Like, if you can, he's been out for the season. They made their decision to sign different players. And I'm just looking at the contracts given out to sort of these average, your Justin O'Neills, your Kane Linnets, your Antonio Winnersteins. And I'll throw Matt Scott in there because he's on probably on big money. They prioritise a lot of other people over um, Ponga. And Ponga's been on their books for years and they fucked it no. up. This is the most, this is the biggest recruitment fuck up since, as you say, Jonathan Thurston. <laughs> well, it would be, I'd say. Um... He is just, they should call him. His nickname should be the orgasm because Braith and Nasta and Michael Innes have a fucking orgasm every time they mention his name. I've never seen hype over a player. It's just, it's, it's non-stop, is it? It's, Fox Sports should be called Caelan Ponga Sports. Yeah, I'd agree. The other guys that now are going to start, they're going to take their mould up are obviously David Fafita and um, that other little grubby uh, halfback from Queensland. They're the next guys that everyone's going to, Go on about. You picked over for feeder in your draft, didn't you, a few weeks back? Yeah, I did. You can always say and that you're first on him. The other guy's just got a shit name. I can't remember. He's a little blonde-headed halfback. You'll hate him as soon as you see him, Rio. Yeah. Because he'll probably terrorise New Zealand for years. Oh, fuck. Mate, <laughs> we've got to beat Fiji first. No, Tana Boyd is his name. Oh, yeah. Sounds half Kiwi, is he? Name. No, he's white trash Ipswich. <laughs> um, maybe I'd like him. Innovative coaching drills? What do you want to say about that? So, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, you know when a, a player, uh, a half generally, on the last tackle in their own 20, often will go for the 20 effort, try and get the repeat set. And they'll try and kick it through the line, but often they'll kick it through the line at about, I don't know, just over knee height to the defenders, to mm-hmm. defend uh, through, the, through the defensive line. Now, I think a lot of players are coached to let it go and let it go and let the fullback deal with it, get yourself out of trouble. But you get the odd guy, and it's generally when the uh, 5'8 or the kicker mistimes it a bit. Perhaps they kick it just a bit higher than above knee level mm-hmm. and they snap it up like a slip catch. Mm-hmm. Is there an option for coaches to maybe get a drill going? Uh, you might need a cricket slip cradle or maybe don't even need that, just like sort of kick it and just get your second rowers, your middle forwards, just catch it, like almost cricket practice, just catching some balls, going quite quickly. I mean, there's a, it's a high risk, I guess. So you're talking catching the ball off the thigh region. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit just down there. So you're to get low. But shin. Often, yeah, shit, it's tough, right? It's quite a good, and it's hit quite hard, but a slip catch in cricket will generally take a lot of the time. I think these days uh, a lot of the players will say, let it go. And because the risk, especially now, you'd say let it go because of the seven tackle set um, thing. But otherwise, it's like no, don't play at it because you could knock it on. Leave it to the fullback to tidy up and see if he can get out. You know, mm-hmm. I just think there's a maybe some innovation there. We could get the uh, uh, a steed and cradle maybe developed where you you know you spend five minutes after training just getting your forward, just get down low and get up and just take a few. I guess the, the challenge, and I love the innovation. Um, the challenge is that. 
it's probably not played out though, is it? So they can do that, but they're kicking the ball, hoping to get a rebound, and then people sort of stand still usually, don't they? And those those kind of ricochets, as they would be commonly referred to, usually the play stops after a ricochet for like one second. Everyone stops and looks around and going, where's the ball? So you're basically hoping to kick it into someone, get the ball back, and then take advantage of that one second where people were almost sort of standing in the tracks, right? Yeah, but often when you hit that, it's not played at because you're not playing at it. You've yes. used... What? It's not played at, so there's no real advantage in it, is it? No, but I'm saying just catch it, and then you've got the ball on the first. Oh, you're saying that so the defences are basically practising getting the ball yeah, slip catching. at them. Yeah, so you've got oh, a line-up. I thought you were talking line, about. And Kevy Walters is just like putting little kicks yeah, through and yeah, you're just bad. diving like um, Stephen Fleming or Mark War or Mark Taylor just to like sniffle it. Yeah, I thought I thought actually you were going way out there and you're the attacking team. You're trying to kick it hard into someone and then uh-huh. bounce it back to yourself and then run with the ball. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a bad idea, but then the risk is they'll just sniffle it. Exactly. And some players are better than others. Exactly. So that's another that's another version of it. But yeah, okay. I see, I see you, yeah. Oh, I oh, remember oh. Stephen Price, right? He was a master of... Um, Kick charge down. Charge downs. But mm. it's a, it's one of those, you drive on the left-hand side or you drive on the right-hand side. Like I had coaches that were always, like, you run at the ball, put pressure on the kicker, but never charge it down. Because their think... theory was that if you charge it down, you've only got a 50-50 chance of, actually less than 50-50 chance of getting it back, and then they get another set of six. Do you think the charge down is is negatively looked upon? It should be actually celebrated. So encourage charge downs, and it's still the fifth. Yeah, and Don't I, I restart thought... it. I think that should be a rule. But you know why they ha- they have this rule? because they think that if you charge down... More injuries to kickers. After Scott Prince... Remember when he broke his leg, the guy was charging him down? Well, and they sort um, of thought, well, let's take away the um, attraction of charging down and you put and you sort of protect your kickers a bit? Because that is quite dangerous. Yeah, Joel, Joel Kane's brother, Tony Kane, um, who's I sort of met a couple of times a friend of a friend, his career got ended by a Steve Price charge down. His leg snapped in half. You can still YouTube it. Played for really? the Sharks. So yeah. charge downs are dangerous. And Steve Price did it a couple of times, but he was a master, wasn't he? But then it makes the half stand further back, mm, which th- this is why they're getting taken out a bit because they 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 actually kick at the line a lot. So no one now. actually, I mean, I haven't seen a proper chart. So obviously, coaches have coached out the charge down. They've coached it out of the game. So why don't like as an element of surprise, more people go for it? Because it's just the risk reward. You're generally not going to recover it, and they get another set of six. But if you are actually saying right. We're going to call the next set of six. We're going to go for a charge down and make sure that your wingers are following it up so you're going to get the ball back. Yeah, yeah, potentially if you had a call like, I don't know, Kettle Dog or something and everyone sort of, yeah, I mean, let's try it. But um, Fuck, did you see? <laughs> you just, What about Justin Langer's daughter? Yeah, pretty I mean, Times nice. have changed, haven't they? What do you mean? Well, I think she's probably under the age of 22, 21. Yeah, I've worked it out. I think she is. She's 20. She was. I mean, I've actually... Um, so after I got the video um, done from... I reckon it's a business class toilet. 
Uh, you reckon? Yeah, it's an airplane toilet, and it's, it's clearly got a lot of room. It's quite spatial. She's got quite a lot of room yeah, to yeah, um, move in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I think, so I've obviously seen the video, um, and I've gone online to Google about Justin Langer's daughter, and I reckon the Instagram. So crisis hits, right? Big corporations like Australia Cricket would probably have, you know, digital agencies, performance media, and they, I reckon, would go out there, and they might even work with, like, the Secret Service or someone like that, security firms, and go, right, wipe the internet clean of this. We cannot have this. Really? Out. See, what's to stop? I mean, so many people would have posted this on the internet, surely. Really? Right? They surely nah, don't. that's illegal. Is it? Yeah, that's like... Yeah, but like the porn sites and that of the world, right? They would still come up. Oh, okay? uh, yeah. But you and probably could find it on What there. I reckon that they do in these um, instances is that they employ like a, a private security firm or maybe even a government and they go, you need to make sure this video does not even touch the internet. Because well, it's I, like, I still can't, I still can't search um, Two Girls, One Cup. I've never seen it. What? They took that down years ago. No, I've, I've seen it. Hang on, why did they take that down? someone famous in it? Well, I think that... They obviously took it down you for copyright infringement. Come up. Pardon? Yeah, no, I know. All you do is see those Why painful um, reaction videos. Sorry? Well, who are they trying to protect? Um, well, there might be copyright infringement, for example. Yeah, okay. Perhaps, or someone yeah. might have sued saying that they thought that it was, back in the day, it was just, you know, a home video and they weren't, um, they didn't want it to get in the public and they sued them or something. Anyway, had you before, like, I saw it before it got taken down. I mean, it was, it was Two Girls, One Cup was... That was big news back, I'm thinking, 2004. Yeah, I would say that, 05, 06, yeah. I mean, that, it was... I don't even know what, I've heard about it, I don't even know what happened. It's just, wow. I'd, yeah, I'd be keen to see listeners out there who's actually seen it and who hasn't. Because, I mean, I would say poll. 75% of people would have seen it, of our listeners. What? No, you're talking about males in our age group. Yeah. With internet connection. Well, they just would have seen it. I mean, I'm very shocked that you haven't seen it. I haven't seen yeah, uh, it. Yeah. I mean, Maybe I'm pretty what? sure it was one of those videos, you know, early noughties, that probably got shown in an office, like, just for shits and giggles. What do you mean in an It was office? just so well talked about. Like, I'm pretty like, sure they would have seen it in a work environment. I would have seen it at home. I would have seen it at a mate's place. It like was Jack on, Like Jack on size rugby league. We used to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, question from our audience last week was: Will a female ever riff an NRL game? And part B: Will they ever coach in NRL? So the first is uh, yes, it'll happen in the next two years. Agree, one hundred percent. Todd Greenberg will want to be right in the thick of it, and he'll say. He wants to be, Todd Greenberg wants to be the equality guy, doesn't he? He wants to be doing things that, you know, he wants to be employing guys in wheelchairs to go on Fox Sports or saying sorry. He does need to get more this. Jewish people in the rugby league. What's that? He's get more Jewish people in the rugby league. Yeah. What's his ethnicity? Do you know who, he is Jewish. Do you know who the last Jewish NRL player was? Uh, no. Ian Rubin. I thought Ian Rubin played for Lebanon. No, he played for Russia. He was Russian Jew. He played for the um, Roosters, eh? Yep. Um, so we both agree a female referee. Yep, I can see that happening in the next two years. There's a couple of good um, ones in the were doing the Toyota Cup and New South Wales Cup, so it's not far away. 
coach, I say no. Not in the next 30 years. Nah, because you can't go under the sheds, can you? Well, it's actually you say that. When I was playing contact sport um, back in the early 2000s, we had an ex-Olympian who was our trainer, and she was a cyclist. Yeah. Sarah Ulmer? No, Rebecca Bailey. I've heard of her. Yeah, and we would often be in the toilets and the showers, and she'd just walk in and out whenever she pleased. Yeah, I guess that's professional. Because I did see one of the trainers for the Women's Origin on Friday night. He was just a bloke while they were all getting unchanged. I guess that's just what you got to do, right? It's a fine line, though. I mean, as some of those gymnast coaches are finding out right now, isn't it? Dangerous time to be involved in cross-gender uh, sports. No, I haven't seen that news. <clears throat> Not pleasant. Um, so are you going to watch Australia vs Peru tonight? It's at midnight. Is it? Oh, fucking I'd love that. to. Um, I'd love to see it, but it's at midnight. So yeah, no. I probably won't. Apologies to all the uh, Socceroos fans out there, but I hope you guys get up. Um, listening to League on Radio. Do I like listening to League on Radio? Yeah, I fucking love it. I absolutely really? love listening to League on Radio. It's not my choice, but yeah. it was my go-to. I used to always end up listening to the first half of Monday Night Football on the way home from work. I just always used to time right. it that was way. Was that Dan Janine? And Dan Ganane is a hell of a caller. For me, he yep, still is the him. clear heir apparent to Ray Warren. He's the best out there. Wow. But maybe so Warren still, Smith and him are neck and neck. He's still doing it at the moment? He's sensational. I'm going to give him a listen. Have you? Oh, are you kidding me? No, I heard him on, I think he's on, um, I've been in the car with Mick before on a Saturday afternoon and there's like the grill team or something. Dead or, Legends. Dead Legends, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Oh, he he has him. He has Ryan Girdler, who have Talis. That's a Saturday afternoon. Yep. You know, you get your Jamie Soward. Yep. The league coverage on Triple M is sensational. I mean, wasn't Jamie Soward a revelation on Sunday morning? I told you I've liked him as a pundit. No, I, you, actually, he really impressed me. Like, he is way better than half the guys on, or yeah, more than half the guys on Fox Sports. Fuck Blaith, Blaith, Braith. Braith is copping it from all angles at the moment, isn't he? I mean, I, really? I started out liking him. Disney. He's just... Oh, him and Gaznia. Fuck me. Um, I, I start off liking Braith, but I feel like he's going down. He just he, he just slags the referees off too much. And the other day, he said, in the Tonga Samoa game, he was like, you cannot stop the game right now. That is a joke. And it turned out that Manu's, Mo's face was caved in like it was out of a <laughs> cheekbone. Like, he keeps on commenting on injuries, and there's all this stuff on Twitter about slagging oh, off Dr. Braith Dr. or Dr. Anesta. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's he's making all these calls on injuries and that. NRL I mean, I'll, I'll, I know how much you hate Blocker. He doesn't Don't. seem to be liked by Don't, But man. hang on. Don't. Can I just say, he's the only guy that can give a front rower's perspective to our game. And oh, every other... Don't, mate. Don't. don't. Just Who can't give that. a fucking front row perspective? Well, mate, you don't know the inner workings. None of us do. I'm with, I'm, I know you're winding me up. Next thing you say, that Stray Dog's insightful. Um, well, I think he is. What, what about phones and watching rugby league? You've been watching quite a bit of league on your phone lately. No, I actually had to watch the first half of Origin on uh, my really? wife's 
because he just had a bit of a technical difficulty with all my uh, media, which wasn't it worked out. And then I got the it on TV for the second half. Um, do I watch much late? Yeah, sometimes when I'm late at work, I'll I think it's free on Telstra. Um, but I, but I mean, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about turning your phone off during the game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to start doing that. Mate, it is just a revelation. You watch at a different level. It's like when you remember we knew everything about league before we had phones, yeah. like in nineteen ninety six. Yeah. I don't think you looked at your phone much during Origin either, did you? And you're picking up stuff like Debellin chopping people mm. down. It's. it's um, I think yeah. I'm going to turn it off during and then half time have a bit of a a go at it and then turn off again for the big games anyway. But it's hard because we're on like, a, I'm on a couple of different league forums with you, WhatsApp ones, and there's just constant commentary. It's like, you yeah, don't know what you're watching. Off. Turn it's, it off and it, yeah. see it at half time. It just, it's ridiculous. And you can actually notice on, uh, I don't know how many narrow forums you're on, I'm on about eight, but you can actually notice the purists because they don't get between zero and 40 minutes. Correct. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So that's where you pick up, your purists. I, I think I'm going to have to put my phone down for, um, for the key games, admittedly, but I do like if I'm on an NRL forum with, let's just say, a Bulldogs fan or yeah, a yeah, yeah. Dragons fan, and I'm not as intent on watching those games, I'm genuinely provoking the fuck out of those guys um, throughout yep. the game and picking, just subtly just nibbling away at how much I like the opposition or just saying how the tide's going to turn or, you know, if something happens, ooh, that's a turning point and just waiting for them to snap at me. Admittedly, well, there's a five... There's a five-tier level of game-watching. And, like, number one is... Number one at the peak is, like, a World Cup final, like New Zealand versus Australia, um, or an origin decider. Then you go two is, like, an origin... Um, uh, like, or a finals dead rubber. GF. Yeah, or... Yeah, internationals, GF. And then three is, like, your Warriors game. And then four, you get to, like... Just your, your big games, Eels like your Storm Broncos. Manly on a, yeah. Eels versus Manly on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You're on your phone the whole time, basically, yeah. just keeping an eye on it. And then five is, basically... You're just know, watching simply. it to try and just watch a game a little bit. You don't, you're not, <laughs> exactly. Maybe Titans, Rabbitohs on a, on a monsoon. Well, pre-season. Pre, like, pre-season. Like, it's just shit. I hate watching pre-season, but you're like, what am I watching this for? Oh, he's looking all right. Oh, yeah. who, you know, who cares? You, you want to get the next David Fafita out there? Um, yeah. We ran our first Twitter poll on um, Sunday, actually during the Origin game. Um, Do you know how it ended up? No. So the question was, who is the bigger ornament to our game, wasn't it? The question was, who is the bigger ornament to Rugby League? And option A, Russell Crowe. Option B, Jessica Malboy. And option three, Ronnie Palmer. Who do you th- who do you think would win? I would say the biggest ornament to it. Gee, they're all ornaments, but I'd have to say, uh, Rusty. Rusty came out at fifty percent, and Rusty was over in Denver. He was on the field, ten meters away from the hucker. What a fucking weapon! And he was in both changing rooms after the game. He was right. like stopping South fans, or sorry, um, taking photos with them. He was driving out the stadium and people were stopping him and um, having yarns and winding the window down. He is leagued through and through. I mean, the guy is a fucking ornament to the game. Number two, pissed me off to see Jet and and Peking Duck in the first Origin opening opening the game for Origin preseason entertainment. The NRL should have a rule that it's only Jessica Mowboy is ever allowed to do uh, pre-entertainment, pre-match entertainment, because she is rugby league. 
Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. He, she is exactly what we want. And Ronnie Palmer, uh, the guy that you could tell me he's seventy-eight years old or he's fifty-five, and I'd believe either one of them. Yeah, that he's famous uh, Benny Pack of his. I lose track of the clubs he's with. He's even. He's even with. He might be with Tonga. He was with, is he with Tonga? Yeah, he was with one of the. Team, I don't know. It just gets he all just, listened to one. Now. It's like he's just. A guy that's he he's a mercenary trainer, eh? He just like goes from team to team, plays for different internationals. He's definitely done New South Wales in the past, Origin. I think Correct. he's done Australia, has he? Not sure. I'd like to. He would be a great. Um, he would be a great uh, guest on the podcast. What did he imagine his yarns? Maybe you could have like a. Um, Maybe just a corner of the show, just Ronnie's maybe just like bum bag or something and just comes out with a different yarn every time or just talks about the time he got all of his um you or is a big vocal about how he used to wear his bum bag out and he pulled out and he pulled out different pharmaceutical tablets or violekis. Isn't that you have you seen have you seen uh Martin Tapers going off at United Airlines on Twitter? He got left behind. He missed his what, flight. Did he miss it? He kept on getting delayed, and I know it sounded like he was the last one left at the airport. And um, yeah, because I think they're all fine business. So they have to, you know how you sort of, sort of they're probably overbooked and stuff. Yeah, man. Not happy man, not happy at all. Um, it's hard to get back into the NRL now with all this rip footy, but it's fucking business time now, and we've got a game on Thursday night. The Dragons at Wynn Stadium to the Eels. Now the Dragons, with the amount of rip players they're at. They're playing a dollar thirty. Eels at yep. three fifty five. That's banana skins <laughs> up the wazoo there. You've been calling it for a while, haven't you? Gee, I tell you what, Marty Tapao's mumsy's a bit older. Okay. And she works for the NRL as a community relations manager. That's good to hear. Wow, I reckon she'd be mid thirties. Okay. So, Your thoughts on Dragons Eels? Uh Dragons. Okay. Even with the rep play. Like, I think if you win rep football, even if you're really hungover, you... Um, you grow another leg. You, you grow another leg. I think you get, you just... You come back thinking you're better than you are. Yeah. No, I feel there's a little bit of hang... There's a, there's a positive hangover. What about the pub game? Friday 29th of June. Oh, again, it's going to make or break our weekends again. <sighs> it's in Auckland, Sharks, right? In Auckland. Mount Smart. I think we can do it. No Luke Lewis, no Wade Graham, no Josh Dugan. Wow. Uh, our boys nights. get back 6am Wednesday. Yeah, they've named everyone the Warriors, so it'd be interesting to see who scrubs up. I reckon Stephen Cooney will smell blood in the water and he'll pick he'll pick them. Well, look, I want big games from Sean Johnson, Tohu and Roger after staying behind. They need to front up. Yeah. And, you know, if we win by 40, I'll be in back in love with rugby league again and I might in my embargo on NRL-related paraphernalia. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that in the pub game. What, what pub are you going to take it in at? Uh, probably. I might do the Sporting Globe again, actually. Or, yeah, that, uh, Sporting Globe's good, I think. I nearly got in a fight there last time, though. Nice. Well, no, no not good at all. Um, but, no. yeah, the Sporting Globe's a good pub. And then there's some fucking big games. Rooster's Storm. At, I know. That Oval. is huge. That is... That there... Is, more, is basically a four-point game because mm-hmm. Sixth and fifth. if you want to make the top four, this just 
turns it around, we'll right? Get this on Friday night, you've got fourth place seventh and sixth place fifth. It's virtually a first round of the finals. It's brilliant, isn't it? And then the rest of the games, oh, you've got okay. The interesting ones are for me is Broncos at Suncorp, home to the Raiders. Now the Broncos have got a few players out, like James Roberts and a few Queenslanders who will be fucking battered. But, oh, you know what's a good thing about this game? A Saturday night at Suncorp. You'd hardly ever see them, and I True. really like them, my True. Super Sad days. And then you've got the other battlers for the eight, who we put a black line through, but the Gambian Prince will be making his debut for the Tigers, and they're playing yeah. the Titans. That, Don't rule that out is the on the, that's on, that's on. That's definitely in the fourth, I reckon. Holy that's shit. on the number four on the, on the scale. Hang You'll on be watching minute. it, but texting your mates left, right, and centre. Hang on a minute. That's a 2 p.m. game. At Leichhardt, and it's the yeah, return of Roberto. Has he actually been named? Let's just have a look here. Okay. See, the Tigers have named Masters. Yeah, so they should. It's on Robbie Sunday. Ferrer, starting hooker. What the hell? Wow, So. Remember, on the Friday, the Friday after, I'm in Sydney, we're going to Penrith Warriors. Is it the Friday after? Yeah. No, it's two Fridays from that. No, it's not. Okay, is it round 17? Yeah. Fuck me, it is too. Pub game? No, it's not. 7 because it's the bye weekend. So it's 7.55. Far out. It's a late one. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Better get my leave pass in for that. Um... I could get murdered out there at Penrith Park if I say the wrong thing, and I probably but will. I've heard no, I can't that. help myself. I cannot help myself at a Warriors game. I do not have a filter. No, they'll be right. They'll enjoy I've sledged eight-year-old girls. I've, sledged, I've made a 10-year-old boy cry once at a Roosters game. But how good we're going to have, hopefully, we're going to get the... Fuck, we could beat Sharks and Panthers in the next couple of weeks because Panthers aren't going to have any players there. Yeah, it's Gillard's huge. gone. Um, hopefully Kikau's still injured. And then you've got Cleary and Maloney out because we'll be backing... Because they'll be hitting through the week after. And Peachy. Yeah, we should be able to win that. Yeah, it's very, very, very doable. Um, mate, the highlight for you, highlight for the weekend, obviously the pub game. Um, oh, I think Melbourne versus Roosters. Melbourne Roosters, yeah, two at huge Adelaide, games. I think that's... What a, that has got so that has so much impact on the top four. Yeah, which is, you need to be in the top four to win the comp. We know that. Be massive. All right. Well, uh, well, let's try and get back to Monday nights next week. I actually, uh, I think, um, yeah, they're our best show. So um, we'll try and bring it back a day. And until then, you got to love your league. I love your league. Wake up in the morning after the weekend To get an update on the NRL Me legal counsel Wake up in the morning after the weekend To get an update on the NRL my legal counsel Hits of the week and scandals on Monday A story from Jack about a urinal My legal counsel